1: police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 116. Be on the lookout for Eddie Griffith. Described as American, age 23, height 5 feet 10 and 1 half inches, weight 148 pounds, has chestnut hair, brown eyes. This man is warned for robbery. Step on it, boy. Rosenquist. <coughs> Rosenquist radios to a patrol car, step on it, boys. The car, which has been cruising so slowly, leaps suddenly into action. Rio Grande cracked gasoline is sprayed into each cylinder. And because it is so finely cracked, it burns instantly, creating acceleration and power that sends the police car roaring to the rescue. Los Angeles police say no other gasoline gives such acceleration and power as Rio Grande cracked. That's why all Los Angeles City's fire engines, radio cars, ambulances, motorcycles, have used nothing but Rio Grande cracked gasoline for three successive years. The patented, exclusive cracking process gives Rio Grande decided advantages over all other gasoline. Police in other cities have also found that Rio Grande cracked tests faster, more powerful than others. So in Oakland, Berkeley, and in Maricopa County, Arizona, in all the West, Rio Grande Cracks definitely powers more police and emergency cars than any other brand. And now we present Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. I wish to thank the sponsors of this program for their foresight and civic-mindedness in preparing and presenting the program arranged for your entertainment tonight. It serves a dual purpose. It assists the Los Angeles Police Department in presenting to our many thousands of listeners a vivid picture of what the migratory criminal problem really means to police agencies. At the same time, it should serve to make American citizens anxious to preserve their peace and security more conscious of their duty toward the police in cooperating with them and supporting them in their unceasing efforts to protect the lives and property of our people. The killer, whose career of crime will be unfolded for you here this evening, was a typical migratory criminal who entered the state in the parlance of a hobo by riding the rod and hitchhiking. He carried with him a gun which he had used in Seattle to murder a policeman. Although he was but 23 years of age, he came into California without money, without any visible means of support, and obviously with no intention of working or giving to this state any service whatsoever in return for what it might give him. But on the contrary, as our police records show, he sought to forage in green pastures even if he had to rob and kill to do so. He was a typical vicious criminal who called himself Young Billinger and committed burglaries and robberies over the length and breadth of Oregon and California. Tonight's story is the true story of one migratory indigent whose criminal career under a proper fingerprint and border patrol program might have been nipped in the bud. Seattle, Washington. Late on April evening in 1934, a Seattle police sergeant enters his house. Who's there? Take him off. Oh, baby face. All right, save the cracks and stick up your hands i ah, you got out. find out what I'm doing. Hello, My old man put me into this rocket when I was 12 years old. I don't need none of your advice. Right? Now listen, boys. Take the word of an old police sergeant. Oh, a police sergeant? Yes. And well, in that case... Oh. You'll never identify me. Los Angeles, California, June 16, 1934. In a coffee shop on West 7th Street, late at night. Hello, buddy. Pretty chilly after night, is Yeah. What'll it be? have a hot java? I ain't got time. Pick him up. What? Up place head. I get back here in the corner. I want to inspect your cash register. Uh-huh. Uh, not doing much business, are you? You got anything in your pocket? No, I haven't. Uh, you're lucky I don't bump you off. I'll
0: take
1: you. Up. One, five, one, six. Two, W one five, six. Robbery detail, Lieutenant Devine speaking. There's been a robbery out here. Yeah, what address? Seventh and Whitmer. We'll be right out. Come on, Tom. What's up? Robbery at Seventh and Whitmer. So I fired. He fired back. He was running across the street all of the time, and when he got to a car that was parked there, he jumped in and drove off. Did you get the license number of the car? I sure did. It was 2W1516. What did he look like? Well, he was a young fellow, about 23, i say. had sort of just that colored hair. About
0: the size of you.
1: Provided with a very accurate description of the robber, Detective Lieutenant Devine and O'Connor set the license number of the getaway car with the Motor Vehicle Bureau. Early next morning, they pull up in front of a little house on a quiet street in the southwest district.
0: There's
1: a car in the driveway. Yeah, that's it. License 2W1516. Let's take a look at it. Uh, Aviation still warm. Let's go. getting sick and tired of it. Well, you're afraid to wake him up, we'll
2: have to. Very well, but you better be careful. He's awful mean tempered. Don't worry, ma'am. I think we can handle
1: him. All right, then. He's in that bedroom
2: in there.
1: Ah, I can hear you. Come on, you. Wake up.
2: you got to take him harder than that.
1: Okay, come on. Wake up. Press those nerves behind his ears, Tom. That'll bring him up in a hurry. Okay. All right, now. Wake up, I said. Get your clothes on. No way, I'm sleeping. Get up. You're under arrest. Under arrest? Hey, you had a guy go on a drunk without getting arrested? Not when he holds up wrestling. What? I suppose you didn't hold up that coffee shop on 7th Street last night. as sure did. Where were you last night? Well, down at Sales joint. Shot guy. It doesn't look much like the description of that Jerry. I know, but we'll get him mad enough to spill. Down at Sales joint, huh? Sure, well, I can
2: prove it. By some of them husbands you were down there with, I suppose. Oh,
1: shut your face, old woman. You're in a tough spot, then. The coupe was used as a getaway car last night in a holdup. The coupe... Uh... custody on a warrant charging robbery and assault with a deadly weapon. Suffering from bad hangover and frightened, he talked willingly. I didn't have nothing to do with it, I tell you. You borrowed Stan's car last night, didn't you? Yeah, but I didn't pull no hold-up. That car was used for a getaway in the hold-up on 7th Street. You borrowed the car. Now, we're smart enough to put two and two together. I didn't pull no hold-up. There were three men in that car. Who were the other two? A couple of friends of mine, but I, I don't know nothing. What were their names? One was Frank. The other was Eddie. Frank and Eddie what? I don't know that last name. So you and Frank and Eddie went for a ride in Stern's car last night. Yeah. Where did you go? Uh, just rode around. Rode up to 7th and Whitmer, didn't you? We might have. Think carefully. You not only might have, you did. Isn't that the truth? Oh, yeah. We stopped up on 7th Street for a few minutes. What happened up there? Eddie got out and went across the street and went into the eating joint. A couple of minutes later, I heard something that sounded like shooting and headie come running across the street and jumped into the car. He told me to drive like a devil, so what the heck? You say you heard something that sounded like shots. Isn't it a fact that you did hear shots? It's like I just told you. I asked that it was what the noise was, and he said it was some kids shooting firecrackers. What's Eddie's last name? I don't know. Would you recognize his picture of his horse? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, okay. Send me that book of robbery mugs, Jerry. Okay. Thanks. All right, Ben. Start looking. You pictures on this page that look like him? No. How about these boys? He ain't on this page. Well, look these over. No. Four hours, the two detectives forced the suspect to scrutinize carefully the pictures of criminals in the huge robbery squad's mug book. But Ben does not recognize any of them as his friend of the night before. Finally. Well, here's the last page. Is Eddie's picture here, Ben? No. Looks like he hasn't got a record. How about it, Ben? Had he ever been in trouble before? Well, I don't know. Think carefully now. It it seems like he said something about a beef up in Frisco. Up in Frisco? Well, that's something else. Get down that San Francisco mug book, will you, Tom? Sure. Gee, do I have to look through this one, too. I'm getting hungry. Go so get something to eat after you find Eddie's picture. Yeah, but gee. I want something. These easy. boys over. No. He ain't there. How about here? No. Well, there's plenty of pages and lots of time. See him on this page?
2: Yeah. That's him, I think.
1: There's one here. Jack Thomas, alias Jack Newton, alias Eddie Griffith. Is that the guy? Eddie Griffith? Well, if it ain't him, it looks enough like him to be his kid brother. Uh, probably him, then. That picture was say three years ago. San Francisco, number 440512. Oh, well, would you look at this Muggs record, Tom. Picked up in Seattle when he was only 11 years old for staying out late. Sent to Preston from San Francisco for a stick up when he was 16. He's a tough guy, all right. He won't be when we get through with him. We don't stand for young bums running around with cats in this town. Mm. Consequences of his friendship with the young hoodlum with the long record, Ben leads the officers to an apartment on South Belendo Street where he had stayed with Frank and Eddie. But when they arrive, the apartment is unoccupied. The detectives summon the landlord. Yes, gentlemen, what was it you wanted? I'm looking for the boys who have this apartment. You know anything about them? No, I don't. I never cry into my tenant's there so long as they pay the rent. I with a couple of miles. I've seen him drive away in a tan class. Yeah, probably stolen.
0: Hey,
1: Tom. Yes. What's what I found in this desk drawer? What? A scrap of paper. It says straight down Clinton to Larchmont, turn to left, Larchmont Theater. And here on the back is a map of the theater lobby showing the position of the box office. Does that mean anything to you? Sure month Theater was robbed in like last week, and our friend Eddie Griffiths probably did the job. You know anything about that one, Ben? No. Well, we'll take Eddie's mug to the manager of the theater. Say, do your tenants leave their cars back there in that yard? A lot of them do. Why? I just wondered. got a hunch, Tom. Let's look over those cars that are out there. Okay. Uh, there's a real entrance right at the end of the hall. Come on. And Let's just see if the license plate checks with the numbers on the registration list. You get it, do huh? Yeah, not a bad idea. It'll do the work. Credit's the man you go to for, isn't it? Well, yes, of course. You remember your license number? It's certainly seven V three nine eight six. Why aren't the license plates on the car? Of course. Well, they're gone. They certainly are. And I've got a hunch when we pick up a tan Chrysler coupe with license number
0: seven V three nine eight six on it. Where's the credit? Better be found back there,
1: credit, Tom. I'm going over to the Larchmont Theater to check that guy's job against Eddie's picture. manager of the Larchmont Theater and the manager of the restaurant on 7th Street both identify Eddie Griffith's picture as that of the man who held them up. Certain now the case against the fugitives, the officers broadcast a bulletin containing his picture and description to every police station in the United States. And across the state of California goes the clattering of the police teletype, picking out doom for Eddie Griffith. To all points, attention. Broadcast 14. Be on the lookout for Chrysler Coupes. License number 7Z3986. Arrest occupants, hold and notify James E. Davis, Chief of Police, Los Angeles. Working busily on a dozen different angles of the case, the detectives uncover information which results in Irv- a message A day later. To Chief Bodie Wallman, Oakland, California. Calling attention to our all points broadcast number 14. Information just obtained indicates that occupants of Chrysler Coupe referred to may have gone to your city. We are looking for one Eddie Griffith, American, age 23, 5'10 and a half inches, 148 pounds, chestnut hair, brown eyes, last seen wearing blue overcoat. He is accompanied by Stella Bonelli, Cora Rossi, and another man known to us only as Frank. We hold warrant for robbery of the sort with a deadly weapon against Griffith. Appreciate intensive checkup to ascertain the these suspects are now in Oakland. James E. Davis, Chief of Police. Los Angeles. And ten days later, while Eddie Griffiths races south toward Los Angeles, the electric courier of the law flashes invisibly past him, heralding his coming long before he has reached the far-flung city limits. Regarding your all-point broadcast number 14 and teletype number 24, Eddie Griffith, Frank Barber, Stella Bonelli, and Cora Rossi held up chain store here this afternoon. Barber was shot by Perot's proprietor, but the other three escaped the chance side the toupee toward Los Angeles. They're holding Barbara for attempted robbery and ADW. B.A. Yeah. Walman, Chief of Police, Oakland, California. Boy, that's great. And better stake out Sal's joint. Eddie will probably lay low. One of these dames is sure to show. we the will be sending her out to get the load out, right? For all of one sleepless night and half of the next day, Detective Connor and Divine stake out Sal's joint. And then toward evening i come a fellow down the street. Sure, sir. Sure. Couldn't make Ben said she was up to half fine. Tough looking bitch, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Beg your pardon, me. sister.
2: On your way, Mother, I'll call a cop. That
1: won't be necessary. You'll just step into this squad car, Miss Benelli. We'll take you for a little ride. Oh,
2: what's a big idea? We just want
1: to question you a little, that's all.
2: Say, look here, Flint. I wouldn't
1: want to have to get rough with such a little girl. I'll get into that car. Oh. Half-pint Philip Vanelli finally weakens under the officer's death psychology. Gives them the address where Eddie is staying, and at 1 a.m. the following morning after a six-hour freakout, Cora walks into the trap set by the law. But Eddie is not with her, and she will not divulge his whereabouts. Cruising the neighborhood with the recalcitrant girl, they come upon the classic coupe with the stolen plate, abandoned. Next day, the report to the superior officer, Captain But we did get some good prints of Eddie from the car. Fine. Now, what about the girl? They admitted their part in the Oakland robbery, but they didn't deny knowing anything about the Larchmont Theater or the 7th Street job. Uh, a couple of hard mouths, Cap. I suggest that you let them loose and then put a tail on them. Sooner or later, they'll lead us to Eddie. I wish I could be so sure. Well, what do you mean? Just this. I think they're too smart to fall for it. Well, let's try it anyway. Okay, yes. Skipper. Anyway, I've got another lead on that uh, What's that? I've just received a tip that he's strike-breaking in San Diego with Roy Serper, Frank Barnum, and Leroy Capassa. You know, they're the guys that we want for that bank job last week. I've sent Chambers and Johnson down there to pick them up. We'll wait for the report. Hello there,
0: Chambers. Hello, Bill.
1: How do you like this harbor duty? I don't. This 12 hour shift is killing me. You guys the detective Girl got to stop. Yeah, we don't work 12 hours. We work all hours. And your feet on a desk in City Hall. Go on, Bill. You know how easy you guys in uniform now, I'm afraid. Now, what are you doing down here? Looking for a couple of strike breakers that are pretty good at breaking back. Uh, who are they? I know most of the boys. Well, look at these pictures. And they're probably using phony names. Sure, I know these guys. They're working just down the dock here. All right, come along with us. I think they're unloading this copper ship. Yeah, there they are now. Coming down the gangplank. Come on. Uh-oh. They've seen us. All right, boys. Stand right where you are. Hey, come back here, you two. They're running up the gangplank. Tackle that last one, Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Maybe these cuffs will keep you quiet. Oh, up a big idea.
2: What do you guys want? Ah, uh, shut up. Take care of them, Bill. Johnson and I are going to search the ship for the other two.
1: Eddie Griffith, once more, had eluded the law. He and Bonomo successfully escaped through the ship's bills, and although within a few days the robbery squad picked up Bonomo and Capato, the other members of the bank robbing trio, and subsequently sends them to San Quentin, Eddie remains at large. A month passes. the constant shadow steps on the two girlfriends of Eddie is relentless but fruitless. Wise to the ways of the underworld, they realize they are being funneled. Remain away from Eddie Griffith. Finally... Connor and Divine bring them in once more.
2: What's that? What's that big idea? You guys had us in here once and we proved to you we was clean. Yeah, and ever since we've had the privacy of a goldfish. I wouldn't be surprised if you birds watched at the windows when we went to bed. keeping comms with badges, that's what you are? Are
1: you all through? Not
2: by several mouthfuls, I ain't.
1: Well then, shut up and I'll tell you what the big idea is. They want Eddie Griffith.
2: Well, go get him.
1: You're going to help us. Oh
2: no, we ain't. And
1: we have good reason to believe that you know where he is.
2: How come? You know what kind of toothpaste we use. You certainly ought to know if we've been hearing from him.
1: We're reasonably certain that you have been.
2: Well, we ain't talking, please.
1: Yeah, well, that's a relief. And listen to me. You girls are in a bad spot. There's a rap waiting for you in Oakland. Maybe before we're through, we'll hang a couple on you down here. If you acted like ladies, it might go easier. You know, I hate to see a couple of kids like you going the wrong way. Why, here you are just at the age when you ought to be having a good time. Wearing pretty clothes, thinking of marrying up with some nice guy and raising a family and look at you. Dressed in dirty slacks, traveling around the country with a couple of stick-up artists. Why, if they were big shots, it wouldn't be so bad. A couple of tin horns Isn't that a mother car?
2: No, she's dead.
1: Oh, that's too bad. I wonder what she's thinking up there if she knows what a jam you're in.
2: Well, I don't
1: know. And how about you, Stella? Does your mother know what you're up to? No.
2: Well, how would
1: you like to have her know about it?
2: No. No. How would you
1: like to have her write your letters and care of the woman's prison at the hatchet? No, I
2: don't want her to know. She thinks I got a good job down here in L.A. Well,
1: girl, what about it?
2: Well, listen, we want to do the right thing. I'm sure you do. Look, if we tell you where Eddie is, Will
1: you let us go? Well, we'll do everything we can for you. Completely swayed by the shrewd psychology of the two officers, the girls lead them to Eddie's hideaway on Bowdry Street. But again, the officers arrive too late. Eddie has escaped. And that night, another holdup occurs in which Eddie is described by the victim. And then two days later, Captain Sigler receives a letter from the Seattle Police Department. He sends for Connor and Devine. Boys, I've got a letter here, a little interest you. From the Seattle Department. They say, The Eddie Griffiths referred to in your bulletin is known to us as an incorrigible juvenile. We last heard of him when he was sent to Preston from San Francisco. However, investigation of recent hold-up and the murder of Police Sergeant Donovan in April point to this subject as a suspect. Several victims have identified Griffith's picture as man who held them up. And the single witness who saw a man leaving Sergeant Donovan's house after he was murdered feels reasonably sure that Griffith is the man. Please inform us if you have placed him in custody that we may begin extradition proceedings and bring him back here for questions. Huh. Well, boys, what do you think of that? Looks like this case is bigger than we thought. So the bums wanted for murdering an officer, eh? No, we'll never stop until we get him. I was getting a little tired of all this trouble for a stick-up artist. but well, this changes everything. Oh, pardon me, Mr. moment, Captain Seeker speaking. Yes? Yes? Okay, thanks. Well, boys, maybe this is your last day on the case. Well, what do you mean? Things are happening fast. That was a tip that Griffiths leaving town. He to meet a pal of his at the corner of 7th and Alvarado at 1 o'clock. And that's just an hour and 15 minutes from now. Call the boys in Yeah. And the captain's office Now, uh, boys, we're going to pick up Eddie Griffiths at the corner of 7th and Alvarado at 1 o'clock. Oh, that hold-up yeah. Well, he isn't only a hold-up guy. We just learned that he's wanted for the killing of a police officer in Seattle last spring. Now, listen, I want you all to get a good look at this mug here. See? So that you'll recognize
0: him. listen, right?
1: here's the plan. Captain Berger, you and your partner will be parked in a car on 7th Street heading west, as close to the corner as you can get Cutter, you're in Devine Park on Alvarado, heading north. Chambers on 7th, heading east. Johnson, put on a pair of overalls and hang around the northwest corner by the park. Now, you two men, hide in one of the stores on the northeast corner of Alvarada. Use your own car so that you won't cause any suspicion. As soon as you see him, close in on from all sides. I don't want any slip-ups on this. Bring him in dead or alive, but bring him in. <laughs> Within 15 minutes, the men are staked out. assigned positions at the corner of 7th and Alvarado, looking as little like police officers as possible. Traffic streams past the busy corner. Hundreds of people in the noon-hour luncheon crowd hurry by, oblivious of the tense group of police, who eagerly scan each passing face, each speaking automobile. Ignorant of the fact that at any moment this intersection may become another battlefield in the war against the crime. Finally, after an of nerve-wracking alertness, divine systems with excitement. There he is. Where? That Grave Ford Road still turning north into Alvarado. with the gun. And the lights again. can't help that. Take a chance. Take him down, Johnson. Hey, what is it? You're under arrest for robbery and murder. Slap the cuffs on him, Cap. Get a 38 in the camp and a 45 in the left-hand pocket of the car. Into the car, you. What's your name, buddy? My name? Young Dillinger. Yeah? Well, my name's Young Melvin Purvis. Let's go, Connor. that me. It certainly takes a lot of them detectives to arrest one young kid. to Seattle, where he was tried and convicted, and is now confined in prison for life. In checking the records of vagrants, street and residence beggars, and panhandlers, we find that 60% have criminal records. The sheriffs of various California counties and the peace officers of other states have cooperated with us in our programs to expose and stem the movements of floating criminals. Because of Eddie Griffin and thousands of his ilk, the Los Angeles Police Department has deemed it necessary to set up hobo blockades, in the belief that the solution of this problem will be found in attacking its source. Thank you, Chief Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, believe it or not, although police of many Western cities have specified Rio Grande cracked gasoline because of its greater speed and power, they have also discovered on checking their operating costs that cracked is also the most economical gasoline. Rio Grande's patented cracking process creates a faster, more powerful gasoline that burns efficiently without waste so that every drop turns into power. That's the kind of performance you want in your car. Police car performance. And you can get it at no extra cost. Just drive into the independent Rio Grande dealer in your neighborhood we will give you genuine cracked gasoline with tetraethyl at no higher price than uncracked, unbalanced gasoline. And if you've got youngsters in your family, ask about the free gift, the complete junior detective outfit that we are now giving away to every user of Rio Grande Cracked Gasoline. in all cars. Cancellation broadcast 116 regarding Eddie Griffith for robbery. This case is now closed. And that's all. Rolls in <laughs> This is the radio of Edward Linsley, bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company.